think it was like 10, 11 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And I quoted him 400 bucks a month. No, really? Yeah. And then that's he, what minimum wage? Yeah, probably. This is Alyssa Paget. Welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 189. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly show for nomadic entrepreneurs. And today, it's me again. I am back for this startup series that I have created so I could interview Heath and get him to share a little bit more about his campground booking story. Over the years, he shared a few tidbits here and there. He actually shared one really awesomely hilarious, if you aren't Heath, episode where he talked about how his first launch failed spectacularly. I know a lot of people really loved it. And ever since, I've really wanted to bring him back on to, you know, sort of redeem himself. Be like, hey, that first launch wasn't so great, but we figured out a lot of things since then. So we've had two episodes so far in this series talking about how the product was developed to really meet customers' needs, and then how the partnership itself was created so that Heath and his partners could work together easily and efficiently on this product. Today, we are going to get into pricing. Multiple times, Heath, I have heard him say, pricing is hard. So we're going to dive into that a little bit of how do you find the right pricing model for your business and how do you know that it is the right fit and all of that. So Heath, welcome back to the RV Entrepreneur (laughs) Podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Alyssa. It's nice not have to do any prep before the show. So that's cool. Yeah. You just show up and answer all of my questions. Yeah. And I will say that before we get into pricing, one Mm -hmm. thing, and I know that you're the host, I don't mean to hijack this, Oh, okay. is the cool thing about this past year of our lives is that we've been transitioning is we're parents now and things like that. And the past few years, obviously, like since we got married, we've been traveling and it's been like a mixture of travel and business and fun life adventures. And that's why this podcast exists. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about this year has been as we've been transitioning new parents, we've been stationary. I joined a co-working space and kind of like one of the reasons why we're even having these conversations is that this year, the majority of my focus, because we haven't been traveling full time or anything like that has been around like this company. And we are actually getting back out on the road mm-hmm. this next month, which I don't think I've talked about on the podcast. We're getting a new RV in two weeks, which Woo-hoo. is kind of cool. And I'll maybe talk, we'll talk more about that soon, but it's fun to like share what's kind of been happening behind the scenes this past year in this company as I've continued to grow our business and figure out our lives. And I think too, We've shared a lot of our personal story online as far as like, here's a lot of really cute baby pictures of our daughter, but not so much as like the business side and and kind of where things have been going. And you did bring up one good point that doesn't necessarily talk about pricing, but you spent so much time just working on the business this year and you've seen it scale so much faster while being here in one place than in the past years where we've been traveling and be like, do we want to work today? No, we want to hike today. So you've actually made huge strides in the company in the past year. So I would say that also now that I've went through this whole journey of building a SaaS application, Mm -hmm. it's that maybe it was less of us just wanting to go on hikes and more just it takes time to get moving with the software company. Yeah. And I think one graphic that you've showed me, I've seen it multiple places. I think it's Groupon where it's the chart of showing year over year the company's growth Mm. where it's like there's five years where the line is just like completely flatlined and then it ticks up one year and then it shoots way up the Mm. next year showing like this is kind of like the startup curve you have a few years where you're not really making money you're not really making money oh look you've got momentum and then it's like 
bam, it's, yeah. you've figured out how to scale it and you're rolling. So we're going to talk about pricing today. How do you get that money from customers' pockets through the campground, then into your <laughs> yeah. pocket? So I guess I guess our context is the high-level overview. We're doing the series on campground booking. Our product, our core product, is a property management software and reservation system for campgrounds. And so even though we're digging into that, and I'll share more about that, pricing, I think, is a challenge for almost everybody, no matter whether you're launching an ebook, a course, a software business, in-person physical product, whatever. You still have to navigate and figure out a lot of the same things, mm -hmm. and pricing can be layered in a lot of different ways. So when we started Campground Booking, like the way we approach pricing was our first kind of draw was like to talk with a lot of our viewers, and we got really bad advice. So okay. because we were starting this product as people who wanted to like book campsites, we were really against fees. Like we were booking through places like Reserve America and we wanted to create a really good reservation system. And so like when I thought about it, when I talked with other RVers, they're like, dude, don't add fees. Like that's dumb and things like that. So I was like, okay, maybe we shouldn't. When we started, we had like a few dollar fee and decided to go the other way and ultimately give campgrounds a software for like, you know, 50, 150 bucks a month kind of thing, depending on the size of the park. And that was it, like a setup fee as well. And then what we realized shortly thereafter is that while it sounds nice to have a good monthly recurring revenue, which is what a lot of software companies aim for is like their KPI. So you want to have like a good MRR. So, cause then that can build and all that. And then you can eventually sell it for like a five to 10 X multiplier of your annual revenue. So that's like what a lot of software companies look at as like metrics of success. And so there was something really to that, but what we realized was for that price point, it wasn't worth it for us to sign on new campgrounds at that pricing model because they required too much selling, too much onboarding, and too much support afterwards in order for us to build the product that we really wanted to build. So essentially, mm -hmm. it was costing us more. Our customer acquisition costs were more than we were making from them in a year's time. The benefits of that kind of pricing model where you charge them every month is like the forecasting. You know what you're going to make. You've got that recurring revenue, but it wasn't enough to actually continue growing. Yeah. So in a lot of industries, you just say like, well, raise your pricing. The mm -hmm. problem for us was that quite a few of our, at least our early parks were seasonal and a lot of campgrounds are mm -hmm. seasonal. Not every campground is in Florida. And so basically <laughs> they were like, I have to pay for the software in December. I'm like, yeah, we can't like remove your account from our servers and like reads. It just doesn't work like that. Right. And so there was that kind of component to explaining that. And then also we couldn't raise our rates like 400 bucks a month for many small businesses, that's just a lot of money. So essentially where we realized we had a different leverage point was to go back to our original idea, which is to charge a small fee to consumers who so are booking online. So essentially the way that we structure it now, and I was mm -hmm. really nervous until we got our first part committed and then we've got a lot more committed to that pricing model, is essentially our pitch to campgrounds will give you a free full property management software. And it's not like a light product, like it will do everything that the best products on the market can do to run your property. And also you get 100% of your booking fees, so we don't take anything from you. So you get a full free property management system. Whenever you take reservations over the phone and input them into the system or people walk in, we also don't charge anything for those. So essentially the only thing that we're charging for are the online reservations. So we realized a lot of the parks that we're charging a small flat monthly fee for, they were doing lots and lots of online reservations. And so we essentially realized like that was our leverage point. And it's also where we were offering a lot of value. Essentially, we were saving campgrounds five to 10 minutes so they weren't having to answer their phones or respond to emails for online reservations and the same for the guests. So let me interrupt you real quick. So you started off with saying you're gonna charge a fee to the camper or the campground for each individual reservation. And then you said RVers said that that wasn't a good plan. 
and you listen to them, which again, in the product development episode, two episodes back, you said listening to RVers instead of campground owners was kind of a mistake and led you in the wrong direction. So it's good to like know your audience and know who you're selling to. And then you switch to this like 150 bucks a month is what you were charging campgrounds. So not very much at all to manage their software. And then you switched back to charging per camper, but you weren't charging over the phone. Like, how did you choose which ones you were charging fees for and which so, ones you weren't? So it's kind of gray yeah, area. No, I get you. So basically the way that we structured it is if a camper goes to a park's website and books online, we charge a flat $5 USD fee. Regardless of if they're staying for a month or yeah. one night? Okay. doesn't matter. And so basically what we're doing with that is it goes to supporting if somebody has questions because they were reaching out to us anyway. Like Wait, as, So if someone has questions, if campers have questions? Yeah. Like not always do they go through the reservation system, but a lot of times they'll just go to the campground. But there's a lot of times where they have come to us for whatever reason. And it also allows us to continue supporting campgrounds as they have questions because the more bookings they're taking, the more questions they have. And so essentially it's just like as more bookings come in, as the campgrounds get paid, we get paid. And it's a way of like not getting greedy by charging a percentage or anything like that. And so the reason why we don't charge for like what we call dashboard or over the phone or walk-in bookings is essentially that we're not saving the time. Like we're attaching our value, our best value proposition is saving that time that mm-hmm. you would take taking in thousands of bookings, both for the campground and for the camper, it's saving that five to 10 minutes. So if I was a camper or RVer and I said, hey, I don't like a service fee on my booking and you want to call in to give them your credit card over the phone and everything, like go for it. And we don't charge anything because the way we see it, we're not offering our best value prop during that exchange. Our best value add that we're adding is saving that time. If it's worth it, then go through and make a reservation that takes you less than 60 seconds and get your site and get your confirmation and don't like give your credit card over the phone and all that kind of stuff. So basically that's how we kind of explain it. So if a park's like, well, what if somebody doesn't want to do that? They have a way to go around it. But we feel like we're attaching our revenue to the point of most value that we're offering, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So when did you switch to this pricing model? Over a year ago. What was kind of like the tipping point of like realizing like we weren't really sustainable, I guess, with that other pricing model? We weren't making much money. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I need, we need to make more. Yeah, exactly. You never want to feel resentment for your customers needing support and asking you questions. Mm -hmm. And like, I think there's been times in other businesses that you and I have had where we're offering such a high level of support that it causes resentment because you're not making enough money. And it sounds bad, but it's like, if somebody's paying you 50 bucks a month and like bothering the mess out of you, they are your customer and you need to support them. But if you're making enough to cover your time, you don't feel that same level of resentment. And so you should never be in a place where like you're resenting them for not making it. Like you wanna be in a place where you're like, you know what? I'm getting paid for my time, it's covering it. It's not exorbitant, so it's still mm-hmm. like, it's enough that makes sense, but it, it's enough to provide a great level of service to you. And so that was really it, is realizing that the place we were in before was like, it's not worth it for us to spend this amount of crazy time. So there were other options too. We could have said like, you can upgrade to a $500 or $1,000 support package for the year, and you can you know have this dedicated call in line, and that's what some companies do. So that's why I'm in, there's like a million different ways to slice support. I'd like to, air on the side of like cleanliness and just one single pricing model exactly one single pricing model instead of saying like we get a small percentage here we get a cut here like it just makes it a lot easier and cleaner i think the way we structured it then we don't have to worry about calculating our hours like when we're talking to campgrounds and things like that i like what you said about the simplicity of it because i think when i see something like paypal where it's like we charge like 30 cents per transaction plus like 2.9 percent and you're like looking at it you're like what does that mean i have no idea how much you're actually going to charge me so just be able to say hey 
it's like five dollars each time someone clicks the reserve button online is very very clear yeah exactly what were you making a month in you know 2018 old pricing model versus like what you made once you switched a couple hundred bucks compared to eight thousand big difference yeah are you kicking yourself for not switching back sooner no because i mean we learned we didn't know and i think that's the thing that i've taken away from pricing is that it's like throwing wet spaghetti noodles at a wall and kind Mm -hmm. of seeing what sticks we try to be very upfront and i've grandfathered those customers in and they're still getting a great deal that we started with Mm. and essentially you don't know what's going to be the best pricing model and i think for me I flip-flop so much and I brainstorm so much in the beginning trying to like strategize and overthink and overthink and overthink and ultimately until enough customers are touching it it doesn't really matter you just need to get it out there and then if you guessed right and you made a calculated good judgment and it ends up working and it pays you and customers are happy great but I think a lot of times people end up having to tweak it and I think as long as you're open with customers about why it's changing and maybe you give a good break to the ones who jumped on early, then you can kind of like change and shift. And companies change their pricing all the time. In consumers change, markets change, other people come in and all this kind of stuff. So I think it's just a matter of being malleable and willing to change and shift over mm-hmm. time and just making sure that you're charging enough is one thing that I struggle with because it's a balance of like, I want to give people a really good deal and I feel guilty, but also you know, got to know that the thing you're offering is valuable and that mm-hmm. it's going to help them. And that's why I like attaching our pricing to the value proposition is that like now I feel very confident when a park's like, wow, you're charging that much per booking. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to save you $50,000 this year in employee costs. And we're also going to bump your revenue on average by five to 10% because we're going to capture bookings you wouldn't have otherwise gotten. You know, and then if you don't see the value in that, mm-hmm. no desire to change your mind. And I think that's where you know you've kind of landed on a good pricing model is that you feel very confident. You've attached to something that's valuable and things like that. And I think that's true no matter what it is you're selling, whether it's a product or a service, that you've got something that someone else wants and being able to cover your own costs and what your own value is that, that you're offering. So I'm going to totally switch gears here and go back five almost six years now to your first time like ever pricing your own service like pricing yourself you got a gig with job planning his book tour that was like Mm -hmm. your first ever thing outside of a job right yep so if i'm i'm new to this i just want to quit my job and like do my own thing how do i price my skill when i've literally never ever ever priced anything before well, that's a good question. So, and, and how much yeah. did you charge him? Do you remember? Yeah, it was. I think it was like 10, 11 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And I quoted him 400 bucks a month. No, really? Yeah. And then that's he, what minimum wage? Yeah, probably. Okay. And then he said, I'll pay you 800. So, good that's guy. when you, yeah, he's a good guy. We did the same thing when we did our first like legit film gig too. The next year was it was a half day film shoot for his, this guy's website. And he said, How much are you going to charge me? And I said, 100 bucks. He said, how about a thousand? I said, deal. (laughs) I think it comes from a good place of wanting to always like over deliver. Mm -hmm. But I think the downside is that you risk burnout and having to go take a job or do something you don't want to do if you don't charge enough for your time. And you don't want to be exorbitant because then you outprice the market. But I think going back to the very beginning and thinking about how to price yourself, like we started charging for things like marketing, 
which is super vague, but like video production specifically. And with Jaw, mm-hmm. I was doing other stuff. I was like writing email copy for whatever. I was doing social stuff. I was creating videos. I was lining him up on podcasts as a guest for his book launch. So those were all the things I was doing with that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could probably look around and research like what a good market rate is for like various things like that. Like you could go to places like Upwork and look at what people are charging for SEO services or Facebook advertising services or things like that. Great idea. Yeah, and then just basically see like what is the market rate for something like this per hour. It's probably going to be 50 bucks an hour. But if you've only been doing it for 2 months, then, you know, maybe you need to be like 20 bucks an hour and upfront with those customers that you're getting started. That's why they're getting a good deal. You know, they should be testimonials for you. You can always find people to fit your budget that you're at and willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why pricing is always kind of like a tricky because it's a moving mark, you know, yeah. and it's going to change. And I think for us, it's our next film gig that we got was three months long after Jaw and we only charged like $1,400 and it was like, it was stupid. And we even like paid for our own flights out to like go do the shoot. So it was definitely a net net even but we got multiple referrals from that it ended up Mm -hmm. working out Mm -hmm. and we needed the experience so I think to some extent like it's easy to go on either side it's easy to charge too low and it's easy to charge too much and I see some people that are like sitting on their high horse trying to charge so much for their services and they're not busy at all Mm -hmm. so I think for me I would rather err on the side of like getting really good at my craft and whatever I'm doing and getting the experience even if that means charging less because I know I'm going to do a good job and it's going to lead to a lot more but you just have to have the financial runway to get to the next thing. I mean that's kind of why side hustles are so big now it's like well you can work your full-time job take that marketable skill that you've learned there get freelance clients and kind of pick it up and like you said you know maybe market rate is $50 an hour but you don't have any testimonials any experience any people that can vouch for you start at 20 and then work your way up yeah going back to camp round booking you mentioned looking at the market what are other similar softwares to campground booking charging they're different i've seen actually quite a few more switch to our pricing model i don't think that's necessarily them looking at us i think maybe it's just where the market's going Mm -hmm. but there's quite a few that are doing the per booking fee now but they're also doing like the dashboard fees too so as well i'm gonna interrupt what do you mean by dashboard fee exactly again if somebody walks in to okay. a campground okay. or calls over the phone they charge for those too okay so essentially like we're like we don't charge for those which is good and then other ones are still doing like monthly fees in addition to a per booking so they'll still pay like a 300 bucks a month for the software and still get five bucks a booking so it just depends so i know you've been through a lot of stress with pricing models because i've heard you go back and forth you said in the beginning of this episode you've kind of waffled between different pricing models because there are so many options there's a thousand different ways that you can charge for your software what would be like the one piece of advice you would give someone who's maybe just starting out or maybe realizing their pricing model isn't working they got to figure out a different way to charge for their product being realistic about how many customers you need to acquire before you're sustainable is something that i didn't do a good enough job thinking about from the very beginning because it wasn't just that we weren't making enough per campground that's true Mm -hmm. and we were offering enough value to make more but it was also realizing how many parks we would need to bring on and how much time it would take to bring those parks on for us to be a sustainable business was the other issue like once we switch our pricing model we could very clearly see that at 50 campgrounds we would be a nice sustainable company for a team of like five to have salaries and then the pricing model before it would have been like several hundred parks essentially, or something like that. It would have been a lot. And the amount of time it would take to like bring on that many parks. And those numbers could have been off because we didn't go super deep down that route. 
but I could kind of see the writing on the wall. So it was just one of those things where we we're starting to add up like oh, how much time does it take to onboard a campground? How much are we going to make? How long is it going to take to get to that point? If you're having a product as you're pricing it, just realizing how much is time and money does it take to acquire your customers? And how long do you think it's going to take for you to get to the point where it's a sustainable for you and any partners or team members you have is really important. And I think one other thing that I would add that's not, you know, campground booking specific is like how many customers can you realistically manage at the same time? Mm-hmm. Because some things you can maybe handle a hundred customers, some maybe only like 10. So kind of figuring out how much you can actually do at once. Exactly. Do you have anything else to say on pricing? That's it. Okay. <laughs> It's everything I know about pricing. That's everything you know. Well, thank you, Heath, for sharing everything you know about pricing. This was fun. If you've enjoyed this startup series, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and email and the internet and pretty much every possible way you can be on the internet. So one thing we did want to mention for this whole startup series, Alyssa is like, she scripted all this, or not scripted out, but like written all the questions on Google Docs and sent them to me. And she said, I really want to interview you at the end of the year to talk about all the work and everything you've put into Campground Bucking this year. So mm-hmm. if you have enjoyed the first three parts of the series and you want us to record the next three, we're not going to record them yet. But if we get at least five messages from people saying like, hey, I enjoyed this and I want to hear the next three episodes. What were the next three episodes? The next three episodes, we're going to talk about sales and marketing your company. We're going to talk about customer support and we're going to talk about how to build a company that can be sold. Interesting, intriguing stuff. So if you want to hear the next three episodes in the series and you enjoyed this format, shoot us a message at Heath Ellis on Instagram or at Heath at campgroundbooking.com. We will see you next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. Maybe I'll be here. Maybe I won't. Hurry, <laughs> nice. Ellie's waking up. <laughs> <laughs>